0: For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating, it is the competitive edge.
1: It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet, WFO Radio NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio.
2: Hey, everybody. WFO radio is back. Welcome back to another week as we get ready, get closer and closer to NHRA 2023. This weekend, we'll be kicking it all off at Orlando Speed World Dragway. That's right. The Southeastern Division going to have their first points race of 2023. I'll be there calling the action. So if you are Anywhere near Orlando Speed World, you want to see some awesome NHRA machines, come on out. Comp Eliminator Stock, Super Stock, the .90 categories. We're going to have ourselves a great time. So swing by Orlando Speed World. Got a lot of good stuff happening on this show big week last week of course that tim wilkerson news was huge and we talked world series of pro mod we're going to keep going as uh you know news is breaking and things are happening we got the voice of the nhra alan reinhardt going to join us a few minutes from now just uh, break it down we'll find out what's up with the cuda see what he's up to i have advanced the ball on my own personal projects that's right project pontiac project 78 Power Project Poncho, whatever we want to call this uh, super street uh, thing that I got going on. We have advanced the ball a little bit. I'll tell that story. But first I got to tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. It's super exciting to think about uh, all that is going on for the people out there getting that engine rebuilt, total seal piston rings, the leader in ring seal technology, you know, Hartford and Keith Jones and Lake speed and that whole team over there, Kevin, everybody that works at total seal, they're ready to take your call and answer your questions. Not so much Hartford, but the other guys are ready to take your call and answer your questions about that engine you're building. They say, make them your first call, not your last call. Total dot. Com. the folks at fog it all right so i'm kind of burying the lead here or maybe i'm putting the lead right up front but i shipped out my engine and before i put it in the crate what was the last thing i did i sprayed the runners i sprayed everything i possibly could up the exhaust down the intake everywhere i could with a little fog it, just to protect it as best as i could while it goes over the road i know you're thinking like joe it's things gonna get torn down it's gonna get fixed just the same I want to battle all that surface rust. So if you want to battle the surface rust or any kind of microscopic corrosion that happens, thanks to condensation, when you put it away after say Friday time runs at Orlando speed world in very humid Florida, you need a can of fog go to fog It also works on firearms and many other things as well. FTI performance transmissions and torque Converters. If you spend any time, watching the uh, U.S. Uh, streetcar Nationals from Bradenton, watching Big Money Bracket Racing over Christmas, you saw that FTI logo roll out over and over again. Not only do they make great transmissions for .90 cars, Big Money Bracket cars, street cars, very powerful top sportsman, top dragster cars, pro-modifieds, uh, they can do something for your car as well. So go to FTIPerformance.com, find out more, and when the time comes... You'll want to go with the winners. That is FTI. Phillips Connect, super excited to tell everybody about smart trailer technology. If you have got a truck and trailer combination, you're going over the road with a fleet, you wanna keep it safe. You wanna keep it on time. You wanna keep everybody around it safe. That's what being connected is all about. Uh, I love the fact, you know, the cargo loaded, unloaded. It's like, hey, man, what happened to our load? Where did it go? just keeping track of everything in a connected world. Thanks to the folks at Phillips connect, go to Phillips hyphen connect. And you can always email me Joe at WFORadio.com, radio.com. If you're thinking about uh, doing something and I can put you guys together, Bernie speed shop. I think about Josh Hart, new addition to the family on the way. Congratulations to uh, Josh and Britt. Great job. But Bernie's got a hundred thousand square feet of muscle cars, exotic cars. They do consignment. If you're looking to sell, go to their website, Give them a like on the social, and at the very least, do some browsing. But also, also, if you've got a restoration project, let's say you've got something going on that you want to have handled for you, you don't have the time, but you got a couple of bucks to put to it, go to bernies.com, B-U-R-N-Y-Z-Z.com, and check out Bernie's. Later on in the show, we'll tell you about samtech.edu. We'll tell you about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure, where the next generation of McGehee Got a licensed action down there. And of course, Marvin Rodak and Rodak's coffee and grills.com. The hot sauces and the spice rubs and everything good. We'll tell you all about them a little bit later on in the show. And on this show, we're going to debut a video, at least on WFO. Uh, we played the audio on ignition last night, but a video uh, that was created down under a uh, memorial for Sam Fennec. The door racer, eraser who was killed a couple of weeks ago at Willow Bank. Louis Rapisarda. And uh, I believe it's going to be the live streaming debut here in the United States. Our friends down under have given us permission to play it here on WFO through Matt Clark from Tour Calibration Services. I suggest everybody check this out because it is going to just, uh, it's going to blow you away. The sound, the song, the the, the words, the message, the video, uh, everything great. It speaks to drag racers in a way. They had great racing action down there. We'll talk about it with Reinhardt, who joins us now. Welcome, Alan. How are you?
0: Hey Joe, I'm great. How about you?
2: All right, uh, is the supercharged uh, Hemi still back there? It's hiding behind your head?
0: Uh, it's actually, no, it's actually behind uh, the CUDA. I started taking it apart and uh, checking it out, and ordering parts and gotta get it ready to be a cackle motor.
2: I love that. I love it, it's gonna be a cack. it's gonna be cackling. That sounds good. So I'm not gonna be hanging off the front of that CUDA. That's a bummer, but uh, a cackle motor nonetheless. Big weekend. The NHRA 2023 season officially kicks off with competition division two great weather. Of course, Orlando speed world. I'm super excited. I'll be there, but this is, this is the start someone's going to gain some points.
0: Yeah. it's And we were talking about it a minute ago before we uh, actually went live. I didn't realize it was starting this early. I knew you guys had the first event. We've got one uh, out here at wild horse pass coming up a little bit later on in February, but Might as well go ahead and get to it, right? I mean, it'll be curious to see how many of the cars from up further north, the Division One guys and gals decide to uh, tow down and take part. But if you got good weather, that's a good excuse to get out of Division One.
2: There were some changes in like races for points and which ones you claim and all of that in the uh, winter break. We don't need to go into all of that, but I do... I do hope that we get some Northeasterners or people from the Midwest who are trying to escape the snow that come down to Orlando speed world. Orlando is not that far down. Like I am very far down. Like once you I'm five hours South of Gainesville, right. Uh, Four hours and 50 minutes. Uh, And that's traveling at Joe speed, not at truck and trailer speed. Um, But Orlando, not so bad. And uh, great facility, Ozzy and his team. They are, they are saving that racetrack. Frankly, they're saving that racetrack there is um you know if they weren't doing it who would be doing it
0: well and it's also you know it's just a couple of uh a couple of miles. i guess it's an hour hour and 20 minutes maybe south of gainesville so i guess if you wanted to come down right do that uh, i'm sure somebody somewhere has got some accommodations if you need to leave a truck and trailer park someplace and then heck blast on over to daytona which is only an hour away catch a little nascar activity and then come right up it'll be time for the baby gators and the real gators and then we're definitely off and running
2: Oh, we could make a lot of money if we had just like a big lot where all the racers could just park their rigs with all the racing that is going to be happening. in, uh, first of all, Bradenton, they own the winter Bradenton Motorsports Park, which I don't know if you've been there. It's a beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't uh, been there for a while. I'll be heading over for World Series of Pro Mod. But that team has dominated December and January, like the track that's running. Bradenton Motorsports Park, and they're going to keep that going. Them, Orlando Speed World, the Baby Gators, the Gator Nationals. February and March is like all Florida all the time, not to mention all the NASCAR-related activity. We just had the Rolex 24. Uh, you know, a lot of people moving to Florida for a lot of different reasons. The weather, chief among them, because you can race.
0: Sure, and you have hurricanes and everything, why right? that, That'll liven things up a little bit. No, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna have the weather this time of year, you might as well take advantage of it. You know, Tucson stays pretty busy as well. There's a lot of stuff that's going on at my local track here. Uh, not not as many big ticket items as you've got going on down there in Florida, but this time of year, you know, you you're not racing in Minnesota and you're not racing in Denver and you're not racing in New England. So if you've got the weather to make it happen, you might as well uh, open the gates and make it happen.
2: Absolutely. You know, back when I used to be a bracket racer on a regular basis, the old Moroso Motorsports Park days that I think so fondly of and trying to rekindle, um, that was one of the big beefs. They would start racing in February and they would end racing in November, kind of on a, uh, you know, an NHRA similar schedule. And then you would be down December and January, the best Two months, like you, you that's it. They'd have the Citrus Nationals Thanksgiving weekend and it would be over. And the best two months of weather would kind of go unused. Meanwhile, July, August, September, you'd get a rain out, you know, every week. Practically, it was 100 degrees. It was brutal. Uh, it's good to see Florida people putting their best asset to work.
0: Well, you know, you have to take a break at some point, you know, everybody, the racers need time to go back and regroup and freshen up and do things and, you know, go reacquaint yourself, introduce yourself to the wife and kids again, if you've been gone every weekend all year long. So at some point you have to take a break, but, uh, no, this time of year is definitely not the time to do it if you're down there. And, and I, like I said, I think it's really cool. The number of big ticket items that are going on down there, whether it's big dollar bracket racing, whether it's a street car deal last week, or, you know, the world series of pro mod coming up, You you know, take advantage of it. I certainly would.
2: What about that headline? Uh, it's not necessarily NHRA specific, but it's certainly drag racing specific. like 539 in a door slammer. Yeah, the a Alan, are you all right? Like, you've been around longer than I have. I've been around a long time now. I've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, just going to the internationals Nationals every year, I saw a lot of milestones. You know, 550s, 540s, 530s. Like, I've seen all that. It kind of doesn't add up in my brain that... There is a door slammer pro mod going five thirties and that's just two hundreds off the world record all time quickest door slammer ever.
0: Yeah, the e guys, got a 537 a couple of years ago over on the other side of the world, but and that car is stupid fast. I'm sure that Eric's going after it and he's probably got enough to go get it. I know when I saw that the the other day, the first thing I thought of is I remember being out here. I couldn't tell you what year it was, but it had to be in the uh, early 90s, I think uh when we were doing preseason testing in phoenix and force went five thirty four in a nitro funny car which was unheard of. I don't think that uh I don't think anybody'd been in the 30s. If they had they certainly hadn't been anywhere near that. But 534 in a funny car. And now five thirty nine in a pro mod, I mean it's ridiculous how fast those things are going. But, uh, you know, the guys out at Proline, they, they continue to work, they continue to do R&D, they continue to refine and try to get better. Now, I have no idea what the car was as far as, you know, weight or as far as blower overdrive or as far as I'm assuming that it wasn't the NHRA legal combination. But there are a lot of places where you run Outlaw Pro Mods. And if you're going to run Outlaw Pro Mods, what rules? Just uh, let's see how fast you can really go
2: the story that I, I read on drag illustrated and uh, you know, I'm boning up for the world series of pro mod. So uh, this was a very important race to, you know, just to check out. Um, experimental seven speed Liberty is part of the combination. They yeah. said the engine was out of Jose's uh, championship car um, weight, you know, unknown, but that just goes to show you that, you know, if you, if you take some of these rules off, Anything is possible, but do we really want that? And maybe we don't. That's, that's the push-pull of everything. Like, if there was a Formula One, and Formula One isn't even Formula One anymore. They've got a lot of restrictions and rules and miles on engines and transmissions and all of that. But what I'm talking about is genuine, unlimited, to unlimited, like whatever, show up with anything. Um, it's pretty crazy what's possible.
0: Yeah, and I think there needs to be replaced for that, you know, the the experimental transmission, obviously, that's got a lot to do with it. And that's getting closer and closer. It, it would be interesting to see to me anyway, if anybody would go to the trouble and expense and, and the headache of trying to put what basically would be a, a nitro clutch in there or an a fuel clutch in there, because it sure seems like they're making enough power now that you don't necessarily need the torque multiplication that you get from the transmission and you know the beauty of the nitro cars you hit the gas the motor jumps right up into its happy place and then as the clutch slowly comes in you keep the motor in its happy place and then just keep loading on and loading on and it seems to me now that those things are making enough torque and enough power i don't know that they necessarily have to have the transmission for gear reduction for torque multiplication but maybe if they could get that where you go up there and hit the gas and it goes to redline and then just sits there and you could start piling clutch on it. Somebody would have to make a pretty heavy investment to see if you could make it happen, but uh, that would be about as outlaw as you could get, I think. And it seems again, you know, you just look at the numbers, you look at what the nitro cars were doing back then, what the alcohol cars were doing then and are doing now. And it would seem to me that uh, you could make something like that work if you wanted to invest the time and the money to do it.
2: That is interesting. No, it's, uh, it's interesting the way it goes. And someone will like, as, uh, these guys are not doing this for anything other. I mean, obviously there's money somewhere down the line with the, uh, notoriety that comes with putting up a number like that, but really it's a challenge to themselves. That's why so many drag racers are involved in this. It's they're challenging themselves. Like I say all the time, creating problems for themselves to solve, uh, for their own for their own entertainment and uh, and betterment of what they're figuring out like, oh, we accomplished this goal and we learned these 10 things along the way.
0: Well, I, I believe pro, pro stock cars would go a 10th faster or 10th and a half faster if you gave them a seven speed transmission, just simply because you can keep the motor in its peak point longer. You know, anytime that you're making some kind of a change and you're dragging the motor down, you are you know, you're keeping that that peak torque peak power in the middle of your sweep. So you get up to the top and then you come down and then you get up to the top and you come down. But if you didn't have to drop it down that far, you could keep it in a sweet spot longer and the cars would be faster. So, you know, they've said for years in pro stock that they could use either an extra gear or an extra disc to try to make sure that that engine stays in a happy place longer.
2: We have been learning a lot from Michael Heiner on our Patreon show here from Heiner about exactly that, of course, NHRA. But like we were saying, they want to keep things under control. You have a new gear. Everybody's got to go buy new gear. Suddenly, it becomes more expensive, uh, et cetera, and so on. But I'm thinking about Eric Dillard shifting six times in 5.39 seconds, for, uh, Alan. Like, that's rowing the gears.
0: I, I'm i guessing he's not doing it. That
2: would be pretty cool, though. That
0: would be Yeah, it bad. would be. I, I would <laughs> guess that that's some kind of a uh, programmed, automated kind of thing. I don't know that for a fact, but... But I would think so. But, uh, you know, and the technology is out there. There's a lot of stuff that a lot of stuff that uh, is out there. And that's part of what NHRA's role is, right? Because if you allowed everything, then there are people that would come in and spend the money and just basically chase everybody else out. So you've got to be able to, you know, you've been in a pro-stock trailer, I don't know. You know, uh, I did a I did a piece um, that's on NHRA's YouTube place. If you can go find it about pro-stock gears, about just how many combinations they have, how many gear sets they carry with them, how many combinations they have. They literally put the transmission together about every run just to make some kind of little subtle change. Can you imagine just throwing all that stuff away and starting over again? No. Exactly. And that's what you would basically, that's what you would have to do if you said, okay, guys, we're going to run seven speeds.
2: Yeah, not, not good. All right. A couple of questions. Lauren's out there. Lauren's great listener. Always has got great questions. What do you think of the chances of Camry Caruso getting her first NHRA Pro Stock win this year in 2023? Asked Lauren.
0: I think her chances went up uh, simply because of the merger, and not that she was necessarily lacking anything. But having teammates is going to be helpful. Having people that she can go to as you know a driver coach or looking for advice is going to be helpful, and having all of that extra information to work with on their program. Uh, so I think she's definitely got a, uh, she's got a legitimate shot at it. You know, she's going to have the power and it's just a matter of making it all come together. Part of the, uh, you know, the rest of that equation is going to be is Erica going to let anybody win a race this year.
2: Right. Exactly, and we have uh, worked on scheduling Erica. Uh, beginning of February, next couple of weeks, we're going to have Erica, the five-time champ, on for her World Championship interview here on WFO. Still got to connect with Matt Smith and several other of our Lucas Oil champs, but we do have quite a few in the WFO uh, archive. So,
0: so wait, 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 wait a minute. So Matt Smith will make time for your Christmas show, but the rest of the time he's just too busy. That's I mean, well- Come on. Come on, Matt. Really, Come on, Angie.
2: Angie was the one who was invited on the Christmas show, and Matt kind of just popped in.
0: You know, to be fair. But still, he was there. He so maybe you should there. just have have Angie on the show, and then Matt will be there.
2: <laughs> well, exactly. Now, excited about all of that, right? Like uh, Vance and Hines, Gage Herrera, all the, like Pro Stock Motorcycle has got a a lot of headlines during this winter break. But is anyone going to be able to run with Matt Smith? That's the question, right? This guy seems to be. Uh, he seems to have things. Yes
0: he stays true to his word and dedicates his life to the suzuki this year then i think that's going to open things up you know he did win one race on the suzuki last year but he was flat out he said you know the suzuki wasn't where he needed it especially in certain conditions and that's why he just kept falling back on the buell and that's why he rode the buell exclusively through the countdown to the championship because he had a comfort level with it so you know, if Matt does dedicate the year to the Suzuki, then I think that's going to open up a lot of possibilities.
2: Oh, there she is, Matt and Angie. They're out there. See, yeah, he's on the Suzuki. I'm on the V-twin. Says Angie, and I, I like that. I like that. That's, They're going to be.
0: That's the way you started last year too.
2: That is true. <laughs> now, now the parts availability has got to be much greater. I don't know what it was exactly last year, but he's had a whole year of collecting. Jimmy wants to know. What do you think about Doug Coletta? Will he win the championship in uh, 2023? This is the way last year started. Speaking of the two, last year started that way as well. But I don't know if there's a team that is in, well, obviously, uh, Stewart with Leah. So much ground covered in one year. From last year at this time to where we are now, I think uh, Team Coletta with Alan Johnson and Brian Hughes and those guys, I'm expecting a different situation.
0: I, I expect the same thing. I'm and I'm certainly not going to coronate anybody as a champion, you know, at this point of the season, but I do expect that car to win multiple races. I expect them to be much more competitive this year. One, now that they've got a year under the belt and everybody over there should be very familiar with the AJ and Brian program and they should be ready to go. And two, I think there's gotta be a little bit of embarrassment over there. You know, if you look at what they have, parts, pieces, personnel, resources, to not win a race, if that's me, I think I'm gonna have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder going into the next year, and I think they're gonna they're looking to take it out on the rest of the, uh, the rest of the top fuel field. But yeah, you know, Brittany's not gonna be slowing down any. Steve is going to be angry and hungry to come back and and try it again. Antron was hitting his stride towards the end of the year. I mean, right. We've got all the usual suspects back, you know, Josh Hart with another year under his belt, I expect to see him be more competitive and and probably make the winner's circle a couple of times at least. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's any way you can, you can coordinate anybody as the championship favorite at this particular point in time. Uh, but I do expect Doug Coletta to be a a whole lot bigger part of the conversation.
2: well, exactly. And that was the whole point of this, to get Doug a championship, just like Caps a few years ago. It seems like a distant memory. You know, the greatest driver to never win a championship, Mark <clears throat> Martin, et cetera, and so on. Um, and and nobody wants that for a well-liked person like Doug. Um, not that Doug, you know, his life is pretty great. <laughs> but uh, I think he's doing okay. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. He's got that pilot mentality. But he loves drag racing, and uh, Doug can get it done. And so like, let's see what happens. Like that's a sub story and it's going to make top fuel even more challenging. Like it was great last year, big improvement from the year before, but, uh, I would imagine 2023 is going to be just a, a wild dogfight to make it happen. Henry wants to know, uh, and we're jumping around here today, guys. It's like, go for it. Wherever you want to go. Are the Suzuki teams allowed to use billet cases now? I saw one of these billet cases in PRI, and the answer is yes. That's a good move, right? But please explain why I'm under the impression that these teams were having to, like, hunt down junkyard parts still. Pretty much, uh, yeah. Until this rule
0: yeah you know those things have been out of production for a long time and so that's what you literally had to do you had to go find used ones you had to go you know whether it was a wrecked bike whether it was something that was blown up and you hope the cases weren't hurt or whatever but that was the source of parts so uh billet cases it's just it's going to be better for everybody they're available for everybody uh I believe they're you know affordable by the time you buy a stock case and then go through what you got to go through to make it raceable I don't think that you know that they're prohibitively expensive uh, on that front so I think this is this is going to be just absolutely better for everybody concerned uh you know kind of like when they uh, when they said okay we can we can use aftermarket heads simply because there weren't enough or you know you couldn't find enough of the stock old heads to, to keep going racing with.
2: Yeah. And I, uh, thanks to Andrew for giving me a little explanation on the billet cases at PRI. And it's a great piece and just all the effort and work to just get them race ready. And then they, they're not going to last. Angie says that they are on their way to Gainesville to test right now. So there's a little breaking news, Matt and Angie, they probably put it on social, but here for the WFO audience, she's doing her best to keep them off the V twin. And they're currently headed to Gainesville to test. The testing is starting all over the place. You're seeing social media of trucks rolling. They're going somewhere. Everybody's going somewhere different and convenient for them. But bottom line is it's the end of January, about to be February. People got to start rolling and, and doing some testing.
0: Yeah. What's the weather like in Gainesville right now? You got to, I'm I just know. curious.
2: I will uh, look it up right now. Or one You of can probably bunch- find it quicker than I am. Yeah, no, you you keep going. You just, uh, you know, you talk a little bit about testing, and I will type in Gainesville into my phone, which I should probably have it already, um, but
0: we'll figure it out. Uh, I was going to go to air density, but. uh 81
2: (laughs) degrees. I don't have all all that stuff, but it is 81 degrees, high of 82, low of 63. Um, It's going to be sunny.
0: Okay. Well, definitely good test weather, then. You can go down there and. You can go down there and learn so it'll it'll be fun to watch because you know matt said more than once the suzuki has more power on the dyno but we haven't been able to get the clutch where we want it we haven't been able to get the rest of the package where we want it in order to run short numbers with uh with the v twins so if they can get that part of the program down you know who knows but uh he's yeah i i like the fact that you know matt's not afraid of a challenge right He's like, we're doing this, we're diving in, and we're going to make it happen. And he said his next goal in life is to win a championship on a Suzuki. So uh, we'll see how it goes.
2: This uh, Facebook user says, is the Camaro being phased out, aged out, how would this affect pro stock? There's all these rumors about certain names being phased out, aged out with the transition to electric and all of that. That having said been said, General Motors just announced nine hundred million dollars for the next generation small block Chevrolet uh, if they got rid of the Camaro and it didn't exist anymore, which i I don't know, man. I just don't see that happening anytime really soon, maybe eventually somewhere down the road, ten years. But if that did happen, and HRA would adapt. They would figure out uh, some method.
0: Well, the, the Camaro would still be allowed to be used for 10 years. So if they decided tomorrow, we're not going to make Camaros anymore, uh, it's not like everybody's got to throw them away and have a new car before we get to Gainesville. So there would be, you know, those cars would still be legal. Those cars would still be in competition. And then over time goes on, they would determine either the racers would, or General Motors would that, hey, this is a car that we wanna now promote through our NHRA platform. And then the transition would start. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, if they said, okay, we're gonna make it a Malibu, that a number of the Camaros could be rebodied and come back out as Malibu. So you still wouldn't have to go make the 100,000 plus investment to build a brand new car. Uh, You know, I don't know how many people realize, but there's a lot of Cobalt and Cavaliers out there that have Camaro skins on them. Uh, or at least did when they were going through the transition, because instead of building a new car, instead of paying for a new car, you could take your Cobalt or, or uh, uh, and, and have a new body put on it.
2: Absolutely. Jimmy wants to know who you like, the Chiefs or the Eagles? The Eagles. And I, I have a reason for the it's very tough for me because, you know, I've got a very strong personal relationship with Casey Wolf, the mascot of the Chiefs. We've uh, we've bonded over the past couple of years out there when we're at the Heartland Motorsports Park. But for me, Fletcher Cox is a drag racer. And this is a representative of drag racing. He loves drag racing. He comes to our races. He goes to races. He is a perfect example of someone who has got a job and loves drag racing. And he is in the Super Bowl. Not like we're buddies at all. I've said, what's up? And he said, yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is, I'm rooting for that guy, and also, like, 80% of our WFO Patreons are also uh, Eagles fans, so I'm going with them.
0: I just think – I mean, Pat Mahomes is an incredible talent, and they certainly – Kansas City has got a really good team, no doubt about it. I just believe that right now the Eagles are the best team in football. I don't know that there's anybody – If they're having a good day, I don't know that there's anybody out there uh, that can keep up with them on the field. And congratulations to the Chiefs. I mean, they played a good game, and I think they certainly deserve to be there. But I was so disgusted by the officiating in that thing. I was screaming and yelling at my TV, and I swore I wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl. I may have to turn it on just for the ads.
2: Yes, turn it on for the ads, exactly. I don't know that the game swung on that. It was definitely weird Uh, after analysis. And uh, in all, you know, honest reporting, I received a breakdown. I did not do the breakdown myself. But in the end, the do overplay is what I think we're talking about, uh, was the right call officiating wise. But it was definitely a bad look to have to go through that. Right. Like that was not a good look. Uh, And, you know, to end the game pretty much on a penalty, like uh, roughing the passer out of bounds. Ooh, I just feel uh, that's going to be tough to live with
0: well i i have no problem with the roughing the passer out of bounds he was absolutely out of bounds it was a shove that wasn't necessary yeah that's 15 yards tack it on i i got no issue with that but there were just so many other things that happened during the course of the game and you know yes the fifth down that was certainly one that i had a problem with um there were there was at least one play where the guy took three steps and then flattened uh joe burrow you know, where's the flag on that? Because if somebody sneezes on Pat Mahomes, they get flagged for roughing the passer. And I just didn't feel like, I, I felt like the officiating was not the best that the NFL had done this year. And in a game that big, I think that the Zebras should be as invisible as possible, not what they were.
2: They were very visible. <laughs> that was a very visible game. Of course, i was uh, I was very busy. I was, you know, doing great stuff. Mikey says, I think Clay is going to be a big part of the conversation this year. i I am interested in that. We were talking about, you know, top fuel getting more competitive. Perfect example of a team that was out there doing their best uh, with what they had to now a team that has got way more than what they had, and they're going to be able to step on it when they need to.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, he he's certainly going to be stronger as well. I think Buddy Hull being out there is going to be a fly in the ointment, if you will. You know, I don't know how much Tripp Tatum's coming out, but when Trip comes out, he's always one, you know, that can mix it up and, and can really pull the upset on some of the touring pros. So there's just a lot going on out there. I think it's going to be a really good time to be a fan.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Buddy Hall. The Mike Googar news made me happy because when I first got out to the NHRA over ten years ago, Mike was like a uh, great guy to me, right? Like real nice, real helpful, answering questions, all of that stuff. Here's this, here's that, and joking around, like personable, made it nice, made it easy. And Mike has been successful over the years, and he's been kind of hanging on the sidelines since uh, you know several years back. So for Buddy Hall to get Mike Googar to be the guy to overlook it, that is going to be, I think, a big uh, a big deal.
0: Yeah, I think so as well, you know, Mike has been around a lot. He's worked with a lot of championship tuners and they've been on some championship teams, some of the dynasties, you know, he was on the Kenny Bernstein team, uh, way back in the day when Kenny was having all his success, so it's a guy with a lot of knowledge. Um, uh, you know, I don't expect buddy to come out and win three races, but I do expect him to come out and just like I say, I, you know, I think their goal is to come out and be solid and qualify at all the races and put on a good showing for, for their sponsors and for, and you know, if they end up being in the right position, um, you know, I I think that they could, they could get out there and ruin somebody's day.
2: Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> crawl, walk, run, right? If you're Buddy Hall, like the guy's got the want to. He was out there in the beginning. He was wiping tires for Tim Wilkerson. And now, you know, he's a very motivational guy. I don't know that the mainstream audience fully understands what kind of a character Buddy Hall is. So let's get him in some shows. You know he's got to come out more. He's going to get in the show more. He's going to get more TV time. He's going to be more relevant. And uh, and you know that that's what you got to do. It's uh, it's it's you, you figure out how to show up first. and You figure out how to qualify, and and hopefully now he's going to figure out how to win some rounds.
0: Yeah, I mean we've probably talked about everybody else, but you look at you know one of the hottest cars on the tour last year at the end of the season was Austin Proct, who was a you know during a big part of the summer. He was kind of a non-factor. I mean, sorry, Austin, but that's the truth. Uh, you know, in the countdown to the championship, they came alive, and I think that you know there's some momentum there that those guys are going to build on. So, you know, that's it's going to be a fun it's going to be a fun year to be a Top Fuel fan.
2: Jimmy Ryan wants to know how tall you are.
0: <laughs> I'm about six four.
2: Ask him anything, right, folks? Like not anything, Jimmy. Okay, slow down. But yeah, uh, anything. Okay. It's like Muji Bur and Surgible, right? Like, how tall are you? That is an old school David Letterman reference that one guy got, but he's laughing right now, which is uh, good stuff. Paul Dagrapont is out there. That is great. Lonnie says, and this is interesting, right? Because Zizzo is back. That's another one. They spent the year last year updating their equipment. They got brand new stuff. Zizzo, Trip Tatum, Buddy Hall, T.J. Zizzo. Who among the independent teams do you see prospering? Uh, that's a that's an interesting question
0: that is an interesting question i'd like to know what zizzo's schedule is going to be uh but i think that you know that's that's always a good running car it's you know when they show up it's a tougher field no question about it you know i think i think trip is a proven commodity you know because he has shown and not just because he won the race but when he comes out that car runs very well and you know having the lagana brothers to lean on it and, and having the the uh, partnership or the uh, of alliance that he has with, uh, with team Torrance certainly makes him good. So, uh, I think that's, that's a proven commodity. Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago, Josh Hart was one of those part-time guys and look what he's doing now. So hopefully, you know, that'll, uh, that trend will continue on for some of the guys that are getting out there now, mixing it up. They'll be able to find some corporate support and, uh, expand the schedule.
2: That's it. Find the corporate support, go to the boardrooms, find the corporate support, figure it out and, uh, get that money. And let's, uh, you know, let's, let's go out there and race. Let's make it happen. Uh, someone is asking for when the competitors like will be announced for uh, the Gator Nationals. You know, normally that's available. I don't see it just yet on nhra.com under event info, but event info just kind of popped up a couple of days ago. So I'm sure that is a couple of days away
0: soon. Well, you know, we're still more than a month out, so, um, you know, they're still getting everything finalized, and and I'm sure that some of the teams aren't ready to make their announcements yet until you know, you know, what sponsor is going to be on the car for this race or for that race. So, uh, you know, most of of the guys kind of hold back and then just kind of blast it all out when we get a little closer to the first race.
2: For those that didn't see the news last week and or welcome back to the planet Earth, that uh, Tim Wilkerson being part of... Uh, Maynard Wilkerson racing, a teammate to Tony Schumacher, access to the brain trust and the technology with Joe Maynard. That was a big, big story. It's been a week. We've seen photo shoots. We've seen footage. Kind of interesting to see Wilkerson part of something, like part of a team, right? He's always been Wilk himself and his guys, and now he's part of a bigger team. And just to see Wilk part of photo shoots, that's not something that we're used to. But I'm loving it, and I think it's great for uh, for Wilk, obviously, and his fans.
0: Yeah, well, he's had a couple of alliances over the years. You know, he and Bob Tasker were teamed up for a while. Not maybe official teammates, but they certainly had an alliance there and shared what they could share. And, you know, he's been out there running the second car from time to time and helping a lot of folks. So uh, it's going to be good for him. There's no question about it. You know, I think Tony Schumacher is also looking to have a bit of a breakout year. You know, they did win the one race last year, <laughs> but I don't think that they achieved um, all that they were hoping to. And they made, you know, some big personnel moves in the offseason to try to get the performance of that car where they want it to be too.
2: JP Gutierrez, who these guys did something so great for me last year. I got to post that picture somewhere um, other than my Instagram. Uh, they all bought WFO t-shirts and were out there rocking them at Norwalk. And I was like, well, look at that guy with the WFO shirt. Hey, there's two. Hey, they're all wearing WFO shirts on the starting line. It was like JP seriously, bud, the best thing that like, Wow, I, I had no idea at this at that time. I had no idea that they even knew the show, let alone were diehard fans. Uh, but he mentions all the rules changes in the alcohol ranks, like two steps in top alcohol dragster, and like EFI, uh, as I understand it, too. Um, that's going to be interesting. What do you think about two steps? It's going to kind of change the way we hear starting line, especially uh, when there's a blower car
0: yeah i'm not sure how many people are going to automatically make the transition over i mean you know my thought is if i'm sean cowie if i'm joey severance i don't know that i need to change um you know i don't know who remembers but it wasn't that long ago that two steps were allowed and there were some of this particularly alcohol funny car guys that were doing it uh then they were outlawed and then they were reallowed again if you had a converter car and i think now you know being reallowed, out it, it's it's more difficult to say you're allowed to do it with one type of car, not allowed to do it with the other. So just kind of open it up across the board, I think is a good thing. Uh, the EFI is, is I'm kind of in wait and see mode. You know, there have been some guys that were out there just kind of testing the combination and trying to build a database and trying to do, uh, I am not, as of right now, I am not convinced that it's going to be a big performance advantage. At least immediately. I think that there's going to be a pretty big learning curve. You know, if you've been doing this as long as, you know, Norm Grimes has or Joe Severance has or you know, the guys that are out there tuning on these things. I don't know that you're just going to throw that away and go, OK, let's go get a computer and, and see if we can do it. Uh, so it'll it'll be wait and see. You know, there's going to be some guys out there certainly that start messing with it. And if they start showing promise, then I think moral switch. But I don't expect to be, I don't, I don't expect to see, you know, eight cars with fuel injection show up at the Gator Nationals.
2: Well, uh, we'll see. I think it was at the stampede of speed. You know, it's like a blur. Uh, But one of the top alcohol dragster teams (coughs) out there to showcase the EFI. And I stood next to it and it was the smoothest idle on an alcohol uh, engine that I had heard. Like I could hear the difference at idle. Which was very interesting to me. Um, was it the button car? I, I think it might have been
0: yeah because he ran that thing uh, on the division trail out here not in competition, but he would come out and run at the end of all the qualifying sessions and at the end of all the stuff and again just getting information letting the tech department look things over and, and you know kind of prove the combination uh, being worthy so you know we'll see uh, you know some of the pro mod guys have made the switch and they seem to be doing okay with it, but most of them, I think a roots blower cars, you know, there are a couple of uh, screw blow cars that are playing with it. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I I just I don't I don't expect to see everybody make the switch uh, by Tuesday. I think that it's going to take a little time to kind of get a foothold in there.
2: Absolutely. And there's a championship on the line. Right. So while everybody is switching, if you've got a tried and true combination, um, you could go out there and. Pick up some wins while other people are figuring out the next technology. That's that kind of ebb and flow of what do we do? Do we give up a year to learn what's going to be great next? Do we go out there and keep what we've got while everybody's figuring it out? It's going to be interesting. Earl Nichols says, for an exact starting line RPM, you can't beat a two-step. Yeah, that's Super Gas Racer talking there. And uh, it is also true. Henry says, I can't wait to see a nitro-injected top alcohol funny car. I'm all right with it, whatever. And Derek wants to know, has NHRA has implemented any rules regarding not being able to switch platforms slash manufacturers like Matt Smith? Was there a Matt Smith rule? I i don't think that there was. I don't recall hearing that. No, it's not. That, why Why would they do that? Like, why would you make that rule? If Matt Smith can do it, it's it's struggle on him, right? It's It's a very difficult and challenging thing to pull a bike that hasn't run out of the trailer and run it. Why would you make a rule about it?
0: Yeah, I don't. uh I don't expect to see a rule. I just don't think it's needed. I mean, you know, one guy's done it in what sixty years, so I. I don't think you need to just automatically make a rule for that.
2: I agree. I agree. What about the Sublime Green Tony Stewart cars?
0: What's What's with Sublime Green? It's Sublime Lime. That's the color. Sublime. You go li- back in. You go back in 1970 and look up colors for a Barracuda. Yeah. And it doesn't say sublime green. It's sublime lime.
2: Lime lime. Wow. Well, then, you know, there was some. uh...
0: Plymouth called it limelight. I don't think. I mean, anybody that's seen the picture, you know, Ray Charles could look at that picture. You wouldn't have to tell him green. I think (laughs) you pretty much can understand that's green.
2: Sublime lime for Dodge. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. you're You're right. Sublime lime or sublime as many people have shortened it. Very interesting cars though. Tony Stewart with his uh, team designers have really gone outside of the box of standard NHRA schemes, right? Like they have been cutting edge since they got here.
0: No, And and I like it. The cars are certainly going to pop and the old school Dodge fans are going to love it. You know, they brought back a number of those colors when they brought back the charger and challenger, whatever it's been now, 10 years ago. And I think that you know so it's going to resonate some with the younger fans but it's definitely going to resonate with the older fans so you go back in 1970s when they had you know plum crazy was one and they had the lemon twist was one and they had the sublime and they had and um just you know a wide variety of real you know pop in your face you know this is a this is a hot rod this ain't your mom's car and i think it's good and you know drag there's nothing more in your face than a nitro car so i think it's perfect fit
2: Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Uh, I am excited. Maybe they'll cycle through all of those colors over the course of the season, right? Like, uh, you'll get your plum crazy. And, of course, I'm a fan of Octane Red, which is basically just Candy Apple Red. So, I'm the boring guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we we shall see. Uh, Taylor says, hoping to see more Nitro School at the track with Alan. It was a favorite of the, the week for my dad and I at Charlotte. There you go, Taylor.
0: Well, are you you, you want to play Nitro School right now? Yeah, of course. Okay. This right. We'll bring Reinhardt reveals, reveals come to the WFO. Um, I took the Hemi apart. If you don't know the story of the Hemi, I have a 426 iron Hemi in my shop right now that came out of a nostalgia funny car. The car had been parked for nobody's sure how many years. And the new owner is kind of restoring it. It's not going to be a race car, but it's going to be a cackle car. And so he brought the engine over and asked me if I'd take it apart and check it out and see what we need to do. So I took it apart. Now... You kind of got to go back in time a little bit. This is one of the pistons out of it. I'm believing because of the compression in it, that it was running on alcohol. But can you see that?
2: Yeah, yes.
0: When's the last time you saw wear buttons on a piston? Uh, and if you look yeah. inside the piston, you see they're actually inserts. You know, if they wear out, you can replace them. And not only do those ride on the cylinder wall and, and uh, I think, you know, help keep everything moving smoothly, but the wrist pin. Is also held in place by caps that have a wear button. And that literally rides up and down against the cylinder wall on both sides. That's what keeps the wrist pin from moving. But when I uh, started asking around, to, you know, I sent out a couple of feelers like, hey, when's the last time you see, saw this? Uh, Terry Morrow, who's the shop foreman at Alan Johnson's place, said, I remember those on Gaines Markley's Top Fuel Car in 1974. Frank Manzo said, I believe the last time we ran those was 1978. So uh, these pistons have apparently been around for a while. But uh, yeah, the little uh, plastic or rubber. That's,
2: that's great. JP says they're graphite, but whatever they are. That, so I, I haven't seen that ever. I don't know that that exists. So that's uh, I have learned something.
0: Uh, very I just interesting. thought it was kind of interesting when I was taking it apart. And then, you know, you also look at, I don't know if you can see that or not, but. Uh, yes. See the little uh, half circle on there. Somebody should have checked piston to valve clearance a little bit closer when they put this thing together, I think. But maybe that's just me.
2: No, I like it. See, this is like it's part uh, detective, part forensic science. You know, you're tearing it apart and you're seeing all these different things and you're going back. It's a mystery. I like that. I like that. It was good stuff right there. Little Nitro School Meets WFO uh, with Alan Reinhardt, And everybody's liking it. Uh, This guy says it was back in 77. But hey, if it's together, it's together. That's got to be so cool. Like that thing is going to live again. It's going to fire up. It's going to run.
0: What do you think? Yeah, you and it, the engine's actually not in bad shape. Um, you know, other than the fact it's just been sitting so long. I've got, uh, I've got to finish. Actually, when I get done with this, I've got to go get my, uh, fill out my piston order form to get the get the new slugs coming for it. And uh, the rest of it looks like it's in pretty good shape. There's a there was a few things about it that were kind of wonky, but uh, we'll get the thing we'll get the thing ready to cackle.
2: Excellent. Well, exactly. It's a cackle engine. It's not like you're going out there trying to compete in uh, top alcohol, but it's going to, it's got to sound good and it's got to look good and you got the look good part and you're on your way to the sound good part. Uh, anything that we didn't cover final thoughts as we get ready, you know, I'm heading to Orlando. I'm excited to see our Lucas oil series racers um, all of that. Is there anything you wanted to cover next week? We can go, we can dial in on the super bowl a little bit more. I'll have results out there in Australia. I know you keep track of that Sydney dragway. Um, the whole Sam Fennec Memorial, uh, that's tough stuff. Larry Dixon did finish what they would call third one, like the B final or something. Uh, Peter Zibaris won. um, good to see Australia rolling with their top fuel program, had a great crowd, great crowd. I was told that was sold out that they stopped people from coming in and they put it on, on the live stream on Facebook, but, um, you know, down under it's far away, but, uh, they are drag racers and, uh, they're rolling.
0: Well, it's summertime down there right now. So now's the time for them to get after it. And, you know, I just think it's cool that uh, so many of the American stars go down there, whether they're driving or whether they're working or whether they just, you know, and and a number of those teams, anybody that follows us on this side knows that a number of those teams have an alliance with somebody over here. So if they want a tuner or a consultant to go down there or if they need, uh, you know, to get some parts replenished and get stuff, then they've got somebody to go to. So it's all a brotherhood. Look, it's the number of people on the planet that burn nitro to make a car go down the drag strip is not that big. So it's, you know, we're we're all in the same family.
2: And we are. Uh, and uh, I'm actually gonna debut a video here in a second that says exactly that. Alan, great job as usual. We'll connect next week. We'll have actual results to talk about. It'll be, you know, uh Lucas Oil series results from Orlando Speed World, but it'll be a lot of fun as we, you know, get closer and closer. Maybe we'll have some testing results. Maybe um, you know, Angie'll tell us what they ran.
0: I bet you could, I bet you can pry that out of her. Yeah. You should be able to get that. Thanks Joe. Uh, always a pleasure. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the video. I haven't seen it either. So, uh, have fun down in Orlando and I will chat with you next week.
2: Excellent. There he goes. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt. Thank you very much, Alan. And he just mentioned it is all a brotherhood on our ignition show, which is an audio only podcast. We've got a uh, one of our great listeners. His name is Matt from Torque Calibration Services. I talk about it from time to time uh, here on the show, and he has really connected the WFO universe to What's going on in Australia? Because you know we're friends, and he puts a face on it. You know, Jim O was down there, and the Reed family, and so many people. They experienced the tragedy a couple of weeks ago. Sam Fennec, a door slammer racer, who'd been around a long time, uh, was was tragically killed, and so they wanted to do something, and they put together a song. They performed a song and they put it to music you know they performed it and they did a video and uh they debuted it at the race this past weekend and so uh, i asked permission and we can play it and it's uh let's see it's matt cornell and adam uh braun and it's called our church and it's about drag racing and what it is for all of us and how there is a brotherhood I'm going to try to play it off my hard drive I you know, apologize if there is a pause here or there But uh, here is the WFO debut of our church A tribute to Louis Rapisarda and Sam Fennec Hey
1: there my brothers Can you make some time Cause my state of mind Good. Cause I need to learn I'm not alone. We're not alone. We may not be holy men for all that it's worth. We're all brothers and friends, and this is our church. Like coming home Where you belong We find salvation We can share
2: Amazing stuff. Amazing work. Again, Adam and uh, and Matt Cornell, uh, these guys worked on the song. They put it to video. They performed it. The words, drag racing specific by drag racers, in, in memory of, of Sam Fennec, Louis Raposarda, both uh, lost tragically many, many years apart, but knew each other uh, at the same track. And this is how the Australian drag racing fans, the Brotherhood, expressed their grief and tribute and moved forward. Uh, and move forward this past weekend. We played the song on the Ignition show, but now everyone has seen the audio. Hopefully you'll share and uh, and get it out there. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I don't know what to say to our great uh, our great friends down under, but uh, we are brotherhood, brotherhood of drag racing as best as we can. And um, thank you all for, for watching and listening to that. Final comments, put your comments in the comment section, guys. I'm going to tell you a little something about my own deal that I got going on. That's right. Let me see some of the comments as people are on it, right? Leon, great song. The song is great. It is tear-worthy. We need to share custody. I don't know what that means. Uh, Everybody is loving it. Again, um, these guys composed the song and put it together, and it was released this past weekend as a tribute. And uh, it's such a difficult thing. But that's what racers do. They They make the best of a terrible situation and they move forward and they do what they know we all want to do, which is, which is go racing. And the guys that make, make it possible for me to do what I do, you, you know, them, of course, I just want to name check Marvin Rodak. Of course, Marvin is one of our first shows. He reached out. I was talking about bacon, right? Bacon. Who doesn't love bacon? And Marvin is like, Hey man. And we we put a deal together and he's been supporting the show ever since. If you ever, you know, need something, coffee, hot sauce, spice rub, call Marvin. Frank Hawley, same deal. The Hay family of licensed driver has expanded. That's great news. You want to drive a dragster, call Frank. Go to frankhawley.com to find more. And samtech.edu, they've got classes getting ready to get started. Machining classes, motorsport EFI tuning. Go to samtech.edu. Tell them you heard it on WFO. Uh, radio. We are a bit of a brotherhood, and, and this is how I got here, guys. This is the 1978 Pontiac Trans Am that my dad bought, brand new, in 1978. And I remember crying as a little kid, five years old, like, oh man, I want to keep the car that I always knew. I don't want this new car. What's that thing? And that turned out to be a very bad decision uh, that I didn't know what I, was, uh, what I was doing. Clearly, it turned into... Probably the sole reason that I am here, right? Like I won a track championship and I talked about it endlessly. But over the years of my track announcing, with all the travel, it kind of fell into disrepair. And so it's been a topic on the Ignition Show. I don't talk about it too much here over on on Nitro because this show is not really about me. It's about NHRA. It's about the racers. It's about the winning drivers. It's not really about me. Um, But I am going to bring this over and it's going to be part of our YouTube channel. And we're working on the name, but something along the lines of this as we bring this thing back to hopefully better than it has ever been. You may recall it's been a while ago now (laughs) that I pulled the engine out of the thing and it's been sitting in my garage and I've been trying to get it to the right place uh, in our local community, of course. A lot of people who used to do things have passed on, like in the song, right? Like, why should I wait till I'm in the back of a hearse to tell you something I can tell you now? So many friends, people that were knowledgeable, moved away, passed on, no longer involved, no longer with us. But this has got to get done while these people are are with us or while, most importantly, my dad is with us. And so this past weekend, with a lot of help from some folks out there, Dave and Sue Morris, you know, Gary Stinnett telling me, you know, like, this is what you got to do. You got to build this crate, and you got to get a pallet. And I'm bothering my friends. Like, do you have a pallet? Who's got a pallet? I got to get a pallet. I'm going to the searching for a pallet. And uh, my friends want to kill me searching for this pallet. But next thing you know, I'm buying wood. I'm cutting wood. I'm crating it up. I'm palleting it up. My uh, great friend Robert comes over and helps me with this whole process, getting it off the stand, putting it on the pallet, putting it, you know, boxing it up. And then the folks that are now carriers came to pick it up. And I thought that was super cool because, you know, Josh Hart is a sponsor with Bernie's and the least I can do is if there's going to be a trucking company involved, it's obviously got to be one that supports someone in the sport of drag racing. So we're often running. We don't know if this is going to be the actual name, got project 78, project poncho, bottom line what's the goal? Some people said, make it a pro touring car, Joe, that's what you need to do. Other people said, put it back on the street, Joe. That's what you got a 1978 Trans Am with 60,000 original miles out there. Put it on the street, go cruise it around, make it a pro street car. Go do that. Uh and it's something that I considerably thought about, but in the end I work for the NHRA. I love NHRA drag racing. The car weighs 3,200 pounds. The only thing it could really ever do is run Super Street, which I often say is my favorite category because of the size and the heaviness and the the just stock appearance of these cars. The easiest, most affordable road to NHRA national event competition. That doesn't mean it's easy by any means. And so that's what we're going to do. And if I can run one divisional race a year and some big money bracket races over in Bradenton, Uh, that's what I'm going to do because those are the people that I race with and I respect what they do. And to be able to get out there every once in a while and mix it up, it will be great. Plus, I also think it could be inspirational to people out there who would also like to do that. You know, like not everybody can afford to run a six-second pro mod car. You just can't. That's elite-level racing for elite-level people. And the budget is elite. It's huge this is going to be something affordable. I got the car. I'm on the five yard line with it. It's obviously, it's got a four link. It's tubbed. It's been in magazines. It's great, but there's a considerable amount of work that needs to be done. And that's where Gary Stinnett, Stinnett's automotive coming in. The engine is on his way out there to Kansas. I will be out there in a couple of weeks for the division five bank banquet. I'm going to shoot out there and check out the engine. Um, and we're going to follow this story from where we are to where we end up. And you are welcome to follow along. And I think the YouTube channel is the best place. Of course, we encourage you to subscribe to WFO and all of our versions, especially the podcast. But WFO Radio TV on YouTube, you're going to be able to follow some of the shorts and the little links and just little updates that I do as we do this. Now, yes, this is a Ford Blue Pontiac. I know what you're thinking. I already got called out a couple of times on the social media. There's a story behind everything. And we're going to link it all together. And we're going to do our best to make this a known build project that people who don't understand dot 90 racing can follow and understand how difficult and challenging it is and how much fun it is for those that are involved. And, uh, that's, that's the goal. And now it's going. And we took a big step forward this past weekend, getting that thing on the back of an RL carriers truck. So thank you to everyone who has helped so far. Thank you to everyone who has pledged their help in the future and what's going to happen, right? Like, well, we don't know. My goal was to get it to Gary. That's it. He's got to analyze. Like Reinhardt looking at those pistons. He's got to analyze. Like, what, what are they? Are they any good? Are they good? Can we keep it? Do we do we keep things as they are? Do we need new pistons? Do we need new cylinder heads? What do we know? How fast do we want to go? What do we want to do? All of these things. Obviously, budget is a big part of this. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. And I welcome you to follow along on WFO Radio TV. And um, there you go. Let's see what people have to say about what is going on out there. Um, Eddie, talking about the song and the video. I agree. I agree, Eddie. Billy Carroll, great to find. Thanks for sharing. It's out there on social media. You can go to Drag Race Australia or Top Fuel Australia or Sydney Dragway. Find it in the feeds. It is also in my feed. And um, I was just proud that they were cool with us debuting it. And I hope everybody down there understands and this is true for europe and the uk and the middle east i know reinhardt's been in the middle east but the drag racing community is all one big thing i think i saw marla in one of those videos by the way down under beautiful song very cool nhra and fox needs to license this and use it maybe they should i think they should uh derek maybe you know maybe nhra.com will pick it up maybe uh competition plus will pick it up uh i know that the WFO audience is intense as anything. It's very intense. But I think it would be great if more people pick that up and spread it as a drag racing anthem for, for, for bigger times and beyond. Great song, video. I hope you have my letter. Jimmy, I do have your letter somewhere. I do have your letter. I got it the other day. Uh, Great show today, as usual, Joe. And also, thank you, everybody, for the birthday wishes. You know, we didn't really talk about it on the show. Turned 50 yesterday and uh, had a show last night. It was very fun. And it's all tying together, right? Like passing of of people that we respect and getting a little bit older and all that retrospective stuff, garbage that comes along with it. Drag racing is one big family, moving very emotional. Thank you, Dragster Jeff. Marvin is iced in, probably camped out at the shop. Yeah, down south, man. Texas got a lot of ice. Don't mean to interrupt my my attention in the pits just went live. Um, yes, the RX seven. If you don't watch attention in the pits this week, guys, I, I'm not telling you you're not a drag racing fan, but you're going to love this kid. You're going to love him. You're going to love him. You're going to love him. He is the epitome of what the passion for drag racing. Go check it out. And you're like RX seven. You know, I don't like it. Listen, there's a the small block in there. So don't get. Don't get upset. Hey, Joe, anything new on PBIR? Oh, man, I so wish that I could see all these Facebook users. You see this? They're in our WFO group, and they have not enabled our StreamYard software to read their name. It is too bad. Yes, new information on PBIR, And I got to tell you, I was uh, not able to go to the meeting. Madeline Marconi, who has appeared on this show and gotten us up to speed after the first great victory that we had last year, uh, went to war once again and they won they won the track owners went for a site change uh update to the city commissioners so that they could build warehouses on the side of the track and they were told no and that's where we are now what does it mean does it mean the track is coming back no it doesn't mean that just yet it means that they can't build warehouses there so What's it worth? What are they going to do? What's going to happen? We don't know. The, the prospect for Palm Beach International Raceway, being a raceway, just went from you know, dead to a little blip, a little tiny blip of life. And hopefully, all of those people who said in the very beginning, no, you're never going to stop progress. You're never going to stop it. You're never going to go to war with those big money guys and win. This young lady, Madeline Marconi, has been fighting the fight. A bunch of other racers, Mark from Murray Speed and Custom down here in South Florida back in the day. They went there. They all got together. Something like 70 people went there. And they fought. And they got another small victory in this battle. And there's life. There's life. So if you want to support, like we're going to try to put together, um, I like I don't know. A Antron Brown did a video. That they played for the commission. Like this thing is going. The fight is still happening. So as of now, as I understand it. It can't be warehouses. In this. Beautiful nature packed. You know, swampland Everglades. It can't have 400 trucks going in and out. In and out. That's not what it's going to be. Can it go back to being a racetrack? They sold the bleachers. Big deal. We can race without bleachers. Nobody sits in them anywhere. Anyway. It's part of the hangout. You go out there. They could put a berm. You could bring a blanket. You could back your trucks up there. They still got the walls. They still got the tower. They still got the track. They still got the lights. They still got the asphalt as I understand it. And so PBIR, still alive. Five shots and still alive. Gary saying, What's up from Montana carding? Final strike. Did Clay get more funding? Yes, Clay did get more funding last year. They got more funding. Clay Milliken. Man, I, t- I had to text him. I'll tell you in a second. WFO Poncho. You know, Poncho. Poncho's, I, I get it. It's a nickname for Pontiac, but it's all something you wear in the rain. Eh. That is a good beefy palate, Joe. Yes, thank you, Derek. I got a good beefy palate. That's what they say about me. My attention in the pits just went live. Thank you so much, Dawson Polly. Thank you very much, Dawson. Way to sign in on StreamYard. Good job, Joe's Poncho. That's right. Super Street. I want to make it about Super Street. Yes. Dawson, did you like it, Dawson? You did so great, bud. You did so great. And it was recommended. You were recommended to us, and um, you did a great job. The only thing is Dawson got down to three cars, I believe, in that event. Like, he took that energy, and he went all the way to the semifinal. It might have been the final, but I think it was the semifinal. We're talking about the fall race at ZMAX Dragway. And we were monitoring him. And if we do an attention to the pits and the guy gets to the final, I don't know. we got to cover it somehow got to cover it. But way to go, Dawson. Great job on the track. JP Gutierrez, pretty cool. You've got the perfect Super Street car. It's a little heavy and it's a little slow. But both of those things I can deal with. None out there better than Gary. Gary Sinnott, of course. Drag racer Joe. Pontiac Joe. I'm a new fan of Dawson. Says Jim Essex. Of course, anybody that watches Dawson is going to become a fan. Dawson, you need to up your social media, bro. You need to get out there, man. You need to start doing vids and stuff, or unless he's already doing them and I'm just not seeing them because I don't follow him. That'd be bad. Get out there, Joe. We'll be looking for you soon. No pressure, guys, please. Gary is the best. Yes, I'm super excited about that. Gary guy, he's pretty good. I'm very excited about it. Thanks, Jim, says Dawson. Everybody is weighing in, man. Another great show. Get Billy Carroll to sponsor you. Didn't Billy Carroll just get some sort of big award? Billy Carroll just got a big award. Sorry, Billy, for not knowing it. But uh, the WFO universe just needs to know that you're award-winning Billy Carroll. That's how we do it. I was in high school in Gary Dentrum's class. He was running Vinolia Pistons with those buttons. Uh, and Gary Stinnett is going to be so surprised to see Vanolia Pistons inside that Pontiac engine. That's part of what I'm, I'm excited about, to see what Gary thinks about what's in there. You know, is this garbage? Is it good? What's he going to say? Rods, pistons, all that. It's kind of interesting. Maybe a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mike says 50. You don't look a day over 49. I'm officially lying to everybody that it's 42 right now. You all know, but don't tell anyone. Ageism is real, guys, especially in the industry I'm in. Ageism is real. They will fire your butt because you're old. Not because you look old, just because you're old. They'll do it. And if I ever get fired, that's the reason. Ageism, guys. So remember, 42. Should I send a link to my RFC chaplain? Absolutely. Let's get that out there. I hope you have my letter. got your letter. I think it might... I'll find it, Jimmy. Thank you, though. And I'm going to send you your stickers. Like, people are going to get stickers. I still send out free stickers. It's up there in the WFO store. Everybody's saying happy birthday. Everybody's saying what's up. What a show this has been. Happy birthday to you, me, Joe. Go to StreamYard on Facebook so you can sign in. I'm really kind of stalling because I'm hoping to see what the gag uh, team has put out. Aren't they going to release their new livery? Yeah, I'm not finding it. But new scheme for Tony Schumacher, 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Unleashing the new deal. So let's go over to the Twitter. And we don't see it just yet. It's after 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, well, you can all go to the Tony Schumacher Facebook stuff and follow it. Pro Stock Blazer or other SUVs. That could be interesting. They tried Pro Stock Truck for a while. It didn't work out. Different story. I do suggest you all join Patreon for the year, though. And that way you can hear hear it from Heiner and all the other great stuff and be part of the secret society. Anybody that joins for the entire year is going to get a free WFL Radio t-shirt along with everything else. Clay was at the Daytona uh, Rolex 24. Clay Milliken, this guy. Clay, I'm calling you out. And this is going to be the last thing I say on this show. Clay finds not one, but two perfect Pontiac GTOs 2006 Pontiac GTOs that were by a collector somewhere in Memphis area, Tennessee area, his home. And he buys one. It's got 1300 miles. This is A Pontiac GTO with an LS2 independent rear suspension made by Holden for Pontiac. Does Holden exist? No. Does Pontiac exist? No. It's double collectible. It doesn't exist on the earth anymore. And by the way, like I thought mine was good because it's got 17,000 miles. I was feeling pretty puffed up about my 2005 GTO with 17,000 miles. Maybe I'll sell it. It's a collectible car. Here comes Clay. 1,300 miles. And I texted him, Clay, are you crazy? What are you doing with this collectible car? Just wait 10 years, man. The thing's going to be worth $150,000. There are none of them. They're gone. They don't exist. The GTL, 1,300 miles. You put that in a, you seal it. You put it in a cave somewhere. I can't tell you what they're going to do. Thank you, Billy. Greg, happy birthday. everybody. saying happy birthday. And this is, you need Gary on the show to discuss it. That's a brilliant idea, Jeff. We'll both be 42 on August 24th. That's right. That's exactly it. All right, guys, that is going to do it. Thank you very much for enjoying the show. If you're a new listener, first-time listener, we had a lot of people watch the Wilkerson show, and hopefully they found the show. Our subscribers went up. We started the YouTube game very, very late. We started YouTube very, very late, so our YouTube numbers were closing in on 2,000, and I feel like that's great. That's my strategy around growth. We just, We just grow as we grow. But if you want to click subscribe, WFO Radio TV, click the bell, enable push notifications. We have a free mobile app, all that stuff. You're going to get all of NHRA 2023. Didn't pro stock truck end with, uh, yeah, we don't talk about that, Don Lemon. It's a dark time. Happy Fitty. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. A whole new decade. To go after it. But remember, 42. Thanks to the folks at Total Seal FTI Fogget, of course. $20. You protect your high performance racing engine cylinder walls as best as is possible. You're about to put your racing engine away in Orlando in the Florida humidity, right by the sea. It's going to be loaded with condensation. Protect your cylinder walls. It also works on firearms too. Go to foggit.com and get yourself a bottle or a can. It was the last thing I did before I created up the engine. Phillips Connect, Smart Trailer Technology, Bernie's Speed Shop, B U R N Y Z Z.com. Check out all their inventory. Samtech.edu, Marvin Rodak, who is iced in down there in Fort Worth, Texas. Why don't you call Marvin? He's probably bored by now and order a little coffee and Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. We have got ourselves a full year drag racing coming up. But it all starts at Orlando Speed World this weekend. Will there be a show tomorrow? Maybe, maybe not. I'm getting ready for Jamlando. We'll see you there. All right, guys. W-F-O.